The Secrets of Stargate is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to The Secrets of Stargate, episode 66. Jackson has identified the seventh symbol. All right, here we go. We are about to try to make a connection. All we gotta do is bust out of here, commandeer the ship, and fly on home. Indeed. Say that a lot. I know that this could be dangerous. But this is our job, right? It's what we signed on to do. It was never about going home. It's about getting us to where we're going. Hi, I'm Jack Barazzini, and you're listening to The Secret to Stargate, where I talk about the hidden meanings and deeper layers found in Stargate movies, TV series, and more. And joining me today are Father Corey Stika. Hi, Father. Howdy, Jack. And Lisa Jones. Hi, Lisa. Hey, Jack. And Victor Lambs. Hey, Victor. Hi, Jack. Since we're recording episode 66 today, I'd like to invite everyone to go over to listen to the Secrets of Star Wars podcast um, at Secrets of... Uh, at uh, starquest.com slash Star Wars. It's a really fun one. SQPN.com slash Star Wars. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all thrown off. <laughs> all right. Um, we are discussing the second episode of season four, The Other Side. The SGC receives a message from the Rodan descendants of Earth. Their leader, Alar, explains that they are under attack from the enemy and on the verge of being wiped out. SGC team visits the Urandan base a bunker located deep beneath ground. Alar shows them the mind-controlled fighters, advanced medicine, and cold fusion reactors that the Urandans have, and offers to share the technology in exchange for deuterium, heavy water. While Jack agrees to this readily, Daniel has his suspicions, but Jack tells him to shut up. After a handshake deal is made, Jack too begins to see that the Urandans may not be what they seem. As the enemy makes a final assault upon the bunker, the dark truth about the Urandans comes out. They are ethno-fascist totalitarians bent upon wiping out all non-Urandan life on their planet. Nice uh, light theme that we got here. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> what are your thoughts on this episode, Father Corey? It's got Odo. It does, yeah. yeah. Renee Avajan played in it, which is pretty cool. Um, you know, it, it's... I mean, it clearly lets take Nazis and put them in a bunker on another planet, and that's kind of what the story is. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about some of the characterizations in this, but it, it's, it's not a bad story. It, it's, I like some of the, some of the stuff they do, like the, uh, the drone fighters and stuff like that, but it, it's, it's okay. It, it's not one of my favorites by any stretch of the imagination. It's just, it's, it's Nazis in space. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what about you, Lisa? I actually really like this episode because as I think it was Daniel Jackson says at the very beginning, it's the first time that another civilization has really reached out to the SGC to try to contact them. And it's, it's just, it's, there is somebody who's finally advanced technology is offering them everything they ever want. What could possibly be the hook? And I like the way that they didn't let us, the audience know until much later on, you knew something was going to be wrong, but it wasn't in your face the whole time. So I like the way they did it. I like the way we didn't get the reveal until much later on. And of course, Jack and Daniel arguing and disagreeing. And that's, I hate to say that's always a bonus, but 
the way that two actors play off of each other is is lovely. So mm-hmm. I I don't know. I really like it. And then we can get into all the moral dilemma and there's lots to kind of angst and argue and who was right and what was happening and I don't know. So I in our own household we had some really interesting moral discussions after this. So nice. I I give it two thumbs up because it it's just it is a good episode with a lot mm-hmm. to delve into. Yeah, definitely. What about you, Victor? Yeah, I'm with Lisa on this one. I I love this episode. Everything works in this episode. We have, uh, it's a very good looking episode. The direction by Peter DeLuise, who we, we get another cameo of in this one, is spot on. There's some really good looking shots, which we'll talk about. The writing is good. It's got that good, you know, sci-fi moral quandary going on in there. It has drama between the characters. And it has a really good guest star in uh, Rene Abergenois, who, you know, a very beloved character in Odo. So already when the episode starts, you're sympathetic to him. And then the way they... They kind of play on his, you know, the cash he has with uh, fandom and kind of twist it at the end, I thought was was very good. And then you have maybe a questionable decision by Jack at the end, um, you know, and, and so it, it it's one of those episodes that just everything works. It's very good. It's not one I would sit down and, and watch a lot of times because once you know that twist, it's I would watch it for, um, you know, Renee Abersonwa's uh, performance just because. Uh, you can pause the, you know, the show on any frame that he's in the shot and just like study that because he is such a masterful actor there. So, yeah, mm-hmm. very, very good episode, but not one I would like if I had to sit down and watch like a Stargate episode, probably wouldn't be this one. But but uh, it's just very good, very good and uh, excellent. And, yeah, it's a it's a very good episode. It's not really a fun episode because everything it's dealing with is no. pretty heavy. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm with you, uh, Victor and Lisa. I like this one a lot. It never really lags. There's no lulls in the action, but it doesn't, it also doesn't feel like it's just action, action, action. Like it's a lot of meaty stuff that they're dealing with. Um, yeah, I really liked the casting, um, for Alar, obviously, cause Odo is great and Rene Abishawan is mm-hmm. awesome and may he rest in peace. Um, but yes. yeah, having him be, because like the whole premise is basically, they're space Nazis, like you said, Father. Yeah. But they play them in such a way that it's not in your face. Like, you see, like, they have, like, their, you know, dark gray uniforms and, like, their insignias and stuff, so it's very subtle, but it's also, it could just as easily be just another sci-fi set. And he's not played right. like a, he's not just like a Hitler caricature. They make him, like, mm-hmm. at least seeming to be a likable character, and, like, the way he acts is so friendly that you don't really pick up on that immediately and actually it is another sci-fi set because they just redress the sgc set for the underground bunker yep yeah oh, that's funny oh, yeah <laughs> yeah that works they've already got one underground bunker set why not another and, and by the way speaking of uh, peter de this is also also stars peter de wife or soon-to-be wife after this was recorded uh farrell who was played by Anne marie loader uh shortly after this married peter de so i wonder mm-hmm. if th- this is probably where they met was on this yeah this episode yeah and then and still after 20 years still still married at least according to the wiki so excellent good for them that's awesome yeah and then uh peter de as he started to direct for andromeda there's a there's an episode of andromeda called trust in trusting the gordian maze where both he 
and uh, Anne-Marie uh, DeLuise play husband and wife and they're playing kind of like a Shakespearean um, like fools, you know, the fools from Shakespearean's play, but they're playing kind of that, those two parts and they kind of hate each other and they come together at the end and stuff. And so um, it's worth, it's worth checking that out too. If you want to see their uh, dynamic together, although we do see Peter DeLuise in, in this one, he doesn't get any scenes with his wife. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I managed to spot him really yeah. right away. This yeah. one, and I didn't even realize he was directing. I just saw him right away, and then I was like, "Oh, yeah. there he is!" Yeah, yeah. It, the it, move, move, the... move, guy. Yeah, in yeah. the very, very <laughs> beginning. Yeah, and I, I did like the way they opened this episode with Jack walking in to the SGC and the, you know, go uh, unauthorized activation right away, and that, that was it. That was a we hadn't seen that. I like the way they keep thinking up new ways to start episodes. Well, and, and, you know, he's coming back from vacation because they're all supposed to be on vacation. Yeah. <laughs> and he walks up to Sam and like, how long have you been here? I just got here. How long have you been? Or how is it? I just got here and I'm early. And how long have you been here? Right. I never actually left, sir. Right. Yeah. And he goes, you're I supposed I to. You to get a life. Yeah. <laughs> and Daniel's already. <laughs> and then Daniel walks in and it's clear that Daniel hadn't <laughs> left either. Oh, but they've been trying to reach us these last yeah. four times. <laughs> Jack's the only one of the team that left. Of course, Tilk is still there because Tilk. <laughs> yeah. I, I like the way they just keep developing that group dynamic and the way they interact with each other. It's great. Yep. It is. Yeah. It is interesting to see how Jack almost has this like fatigue about him. And I feel like that's been growing. I don't know if that's something that they play into more later on, but it does seem like that's something that's kind of building. Like he seems to be getting more, more cynical. And that really comes out a lot in this episode where he does seem very much the ends justify the means. Of course, at the end, that that's switched well, around. But I, I, admittedly, that's that's part of where I said I didn't like some of the characterizations. And that's one of them was how Jack was like all gung ho to get everything. We have to get everything. And, oh, there's a concern about, you know, heavy water, which can be used for, you know, which has radioactive material in it. And, oh, but that's no big deal because it's just water. And even Sam Carter, who should know that this is more than just water that they just happen to have laying around SGC, by the way, because, you know, they got some like right away and were able to bring it in. Even she, you would think she'd be the first to say, well, hang on now. This can be used for good and this can be used for bad. What are you using this for? Oh, and she's like, oh, no, this is great. Let's we can make more of it. We can make Tons of it. We can we can just have the Stargate open up and pour as in as much as you want. You know, I, I did. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It'd be it'd be like the slop from the prison episode. Instead, yeah. it's heavy water pouring into a bucket. We, we get a nice <laughs> moment with Sergeant yeah. Siler, not to jump ahead, but at the very end of this episode, when it's clear that yeah. they won't need all the heavy water that he's collected, and he's sitting there with this huge pallet of heavy water, and like Jack and Sam are like. Like contemplating the horror of what they've just witnessed, and Sergeant Siler just mm -hmm. looks so disappointed that he collected all this heavy water, and now they don't need it. If you watch it yeah. again, he's just like, "Oh, okay, you don't need the, okay, yeah, yeah, okay, put it back, put it back in the ocean, hey, I yes. guess, just dump so it." So heavy deuterium, yeah, um, and that's the. Uh, I liked how they did that though because you can use it to distill. I think you can make nuclear weapons from it, but. You can, primary... you can basically distill you can basically distill the nuclear material out of it, right. as I understand and it. The primary use for it though, in terms of what you could actually practically do with it, would be something like running a uh fusion reactor. So I liked how they did that. Um mm -hmm. it's also interesting though, you can actually drink heavy water. Um but yep. if you drink too much, like twenty five percent to fifty percent 
then you'll start having problems because the chem- the mm-hmm. chemical makeup is different. Um, but I thought that was interesting where it wasn't <laughs> something where it's like, you should give us plutonium. They did something more, yeah, something reasonable yeah. and realistic yeah. where it's, it's hard. Like if you don't know the whole right. story for them to be like, well, yeah, they just want mm-hmm. seawater basically. Yeah. It's well, hard that's, for that's, them to say no. Right. Yeah. And that's one thing they showed, I think pretty well is they just showed up in plain old, you know, 55 gallon drums. Instead of like, you know, super radioactive, you know, the big radioactive containers, you know, big, big yellow signs all over. No, they're just pretty basically oil drums, you know, old style oil drums. Yeah. And they're realistic about like how much you'd need to to run like a fusion reactor that was that huge. We see it later on and it's like this huge, like, you know, core of a, of a you know, reactor and stuff. Yeah. But. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we so we start off and um, we get the uh, they don't come back to this too often, thankfully. But like the sound of like people hitting the iris, you know the, you know, and then yeah, well, and they, yeah, and they they I think they tone down the sound because usually it's a much heavier like a, thump, and it goes mm-hmm. like, regardless yeah. of what hits it. Because remember that you know some of the Jaffa would hit early on and be like thump 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 thump. Maybe it's because they're armor. You know? Yeah, exactly. Could be. Yeah. I, I was just thinking they toned it down because the the moral impact, right? Yep. It's people. And so they they just, you know, they don't want you to worry too much about, and because of yeah. the ending, you know, yeah. to, to make but, that connection that this is a person that just Or, or that it's totally ridiculous but, that this they, person lost their life and all it was was a little yeah. sound, you know? Yep. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, well, that's that's as part of it. It's like they had to actually look back and say, okay, uh, the last four times someone dialed in that happened to come from this planet, how many times did we get an impact against the iris? Three of the four? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So that's yeah. first one they tried to get a hold of us. The last three, they were just sending people and hoping they got through. Yeah. And Jack mm-hmm. says, oh, so that's three dead. And Carter says, yeah. And Jack says, it's not your fault, Carter. Move on. Just like forget the dead. So that's like our first moral quandary here is like we yeah. like mm-hmm. through no fault of our own necessarily. But, you know, we three people have just died trying to contact uh, contact us. And they that kind of comes back later on in the episode, too. And I yeah. like how you can take that like before you find out the twist that they are actually the bad guys. You can take that as these people are desperate and they didn't know what was happening. So they weren't just sacrificing right. people to be mm-hmm. cannon fodder. Whereas later on, when you see like what happens with the drone pilot, with the neurological interface that basically fries your brains, that they don't actually yep. care about the people. They're just willing to use them. So I like how that fits in both views. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And how, yeah, Daniel thinks he'll, he'll need to do a big job of convincing Hammond. You know, this is the first time that descendants of earth have ever called home you know, I know what you're going to say. And like general, just uh, the general Hammond just says like, you have a go. And like Daniel keeps talking. And it's like, wait, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. They, of course, yeah. they've done that a few times before in the series. We're like, I know what you're going to say. And you just got to listen yeah. to you. It's, yeah. it's good to go. Oh, I mean, I mean, you really, you got to rethink. <laughs> wait, what? <laughs> yeah. Hammond is more a... reasonable than you think. <laughs> yep. Yeah. He gives a, uh, a, uh, Jack basically carte blanche to negotiate terms to get the mm-hmm. technology, which I thought was interesting because I know Jack is the has the seniority. I feel like Sam would be the best person to negotiate because she's kind of the middle ground between Daniel and Jack. I think she would be the most well, clear. And she, she, and she's the advisor. I mean, she, yeah. she she's the advisor if you want to do that for the negotiations. Mm-hmm. She's the one that's going to look at the technology and try to understand it. Jack is just the, okay, what do you need from us to make this deal happen? Right. 
you know, ask her if it's worth doing. And then, okay, what do you need from us? You know, no, we will not give you a nuclear bomb. No, we will not give you a B2 bomber. Sorry, not going to happen. Oh, wait, you want this, you know, oh, you can do that. Yeah. Well, if you think about it, you know, Jack very clearly said, what is my, what is our mission? Mm -hmm. What is our mission when we go through the gate? And he had Carter spouted off, which I thought was kind of funny that he didn't just say it, that she said it. But, you know, to collect technology to fight against the gold, right? Mm-hmm. And this very clearly fit in their mission. Yep. And I like how you get Except, that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. At what odds? I mean, at what, at what consequence, mm-hmm. which is what the Daniel. So we, we go back to like season one. And I think, Jack, you had trouble with the whole they treat Daniel as he's the moral police. And you were like, but he's not, hmm. you know, he's, he's yeah. not always acting the morality, but we treat him as that he's the morality of the, or I think it was his uh, obituary or their yep. speech. Yeah. yeah. He was the, he was, he was the moral legit. conscience of yeah. the team. Right. Yeah. Right. And we and, all kind of snickered. When, no, he wasn't. Yeah, no, he no. isn't. <laughs> but again, in like this kind of episode and we see it going forward, they do this. And again, that he becomes a moral conscious of the team. And this was definitely one of those episodes where they wanted to pit Jack against Daniel. You know, mm-hmm. they did it on purpose. And that's why Carter didn't have much of a role to say yay or nay. She was just there to green light all of the technology and we can do this. And same with Teal. Teal really didn't factor in, except for as the guy who didn't look like Yeah. Daniel. And they set They're, that up. I like how we, uh... like, immediately they set yeah, that so up. I like how we get. Oh, sorry. I was just saying, like, immediately they set that up where Alar first sees the team and he's like, oh, mm-hmm. is he with you? And you're like, oh, maybe, maybe yeah. he doesn't yeah. like Jaffa or maybe he doesn't like aliens or something. Right. And it's like, yeah, you know, because they've run into that before. It's like, you know, you have a Jaffa on your team. Like, mm-hmm. and um, yeah. but but yeah, I mean, it's it's played very well, but it's 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 like, you know, just a few minutes into the episode and already you kind of have a sense that but it's not enough to kind of, you know push you towards oh okay i know what's going on here either so right, right. well and they, they do that kind of throughout where they throw out those little hints there's that and then there's when he's showing the stasis room and you, he shows like three of the pictures and of course it's like they're all you know fair skinned white or blue eyes you know yeah light colored hair you know or whatever the you know and it's just like oh okay it's very very clearly well, what's going on is here. it though <laughs> because so we've seen cultures, yeah, See, we've I, seen I, cultures I, taken through the gate before, right? And they're monocultures. Yeah. Like in Emancipation, they were all mm-hmm. like Mongolians, right? We didn't mm-hmm. see a lot of blonde-haired, blue-eyed people on the Mongolian planet, and that's why they took Carter and stuff. So it's it's plausible that, you know, there would have been a collection of Norse people or something or Aryans or whatever that they took through the gate at some point. You know, so I don't, that doesn't, like, that's not as convincing for me because they've run into a lot of monocultures through the Stargate. And so finding a group of people that's like, looks alike wouldn't necessarily like, and plus they're Nazi in the same way that like earth Nazis were Nazis, you know, the, the Aryan ideal of the blonde haired blue eyes and stuff. So I don't know. So that, that part wasn't, didn't resonate as, as much for me. I think it was just there to signify that these are literal Nazis. Yeah. Well, it's just, it was at the point that I wrote down in my, wrote down my notes, you know, of course they're racist space Nazis. You know, yeah, <laughs> I think it's one of those things that ties back once you know the full, yeah, the full implications right. of who they are, then it makes sense. Um, mm-hmm. what I was gonna say was, I really like uh, what they've done with Daniel in terms of now that his primary mission isn't 
just looking for Share anymore. So he's actually more focused on the science and the fact that he is a civilian. You get that tension between him and the military mm -hmm. where, and this is this is something that happens in the real world where a lot of times scientific advancement is funded by military for defense reasons. And mm -hmm. you get these scientists who they kind of have to go along with it because that's how they get their funding. So you, I like that they're, they, they're exploring that both yeah. him and Jack. Well, that's, you know, the, the, the very technology we're using right now is one of those that was funded by the military and civilians have taken it over since the internet, you know, it was DARPAnet originally that's defense, uh, advanced research. Yeah. You know, so, and of course there's, you know, we, we all know, you know, uh, nuclear bombs and all kinds of other stuff, other technology that have come from, uh, the military that have had some civilian application like nuclear reactors and stuff, but yeah, so it's that's not unheard of even in our day and age. Right. And that's another interesting thing with the them getting the technology from this uh these the erodents. It's kinda like I guess it's almost analogous to how we brought all the Nazi scientists over mm -hmm. Project Paperclip and mm -hmm. we got to benefit mm -hmm. off of that, but it is kinda like it's a little little icky when you start thinking about it, but at the same time it's this technology is here. We can't just leave it. Yep. Right. It's, it's, it's like, it's too good to be true. And it's just at my fingertips. And do I have to kind of, you know, like, eh, you know, just mm -hmm. like wince as I do it, because I know that something's wrong with what's going on here, but it fulfills my mission and it'll help my people. And, you know what I mean? It's it's. I feel like it's a real moral conundrum that a lot of people mm -hmm. face. Maybe I'm not on this grand scale, but how many of us face that? You know, I I can get what I need for my family or for myself, but I'm going to have to sacrifice a little bit of my soul to do it. So, <laughs> is it for you? Know, like, yeah. Is it okay? Can right. I do it? Can I not? Do it? You know, it, it's. So I, I I like it that they. I know that I read a lot of the reviews online of this episode, which were all over the place. Um, yeah. But I, I liked that it, it brought you to that because Stargate's not known for, let me really break this down and think about it really hard. Yeah. 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 You know, that's, that's other shows like Battlestar Galactica or something. But I, I, I like that it kind of gave me this pause. And um, like I said, my, 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 I call them my kids. They're young adults. You know, you know, that we, we had this discussion and they were divided on who was right and who was wrong. You know, if Jack was right for. Yeah, I. Killing the basically sacri yeah. you know, killing the whole place versus, yep. you know, he should have just turned and left, you know. Well, and even the question of should he have let the, the uh, iris be closed before Alar came yeah. in with holding, by the way, the item that had all the technology. Well, that got smashed. Yeah, I actually, have it. He had dropped. Yeah, it. yeah. Oh, did that get smashed? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, he had dropped but still, it. Okay. He dropped it. But he could have. Well, yeah, he had the knowledge. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah Werner yeah. von Braun, right? I mean, he could have, like you mentioned, Project Paperclip yeah. and stuff. Yeah, but yep. But some of the technology before we get there are these um, drone chairs or drone planes and stuff, and I think that that's as a oh, yeah. as a yep. pilot that kind of wins Jack over a little bit too, is that he can sit in this pilot chair and pilot these, you know, squadrons of drones uh, to shoot down other drones as, as he thinks and there you get this moment too where he like gets out of the chair and he looks over at the other pilot and just like they're just like this guy just staring at him with like this slack-jawed expression and 
And apparently yeah. like the neural interface, they don't come back to this, but the neural interface in the drone chair just like fries your brain. And so they basically plug these people in mm-hmm. and leave them there to fly these things. And they're basically like brain yeah. dead at that point and stuff. So that's ca- over over time. He, he says, you know, for the short little exposure that Jack has had, it didn't do any damage. Oh, no but over deal. time, it doesn't. <laughs> yeah. You're good. Yeah. But, it you know, it does. It does in a way kind of prefigure, of course, what we have now is we have drone operated fighters or at least attack craft you know maybe not so much fighters but you know air to ground missile launchers and things like that now it's not a squadron and they're they're basically using a joystick looking at a tv screen Mm -hmm. you know it's more like playing a video game than it is being strapped into a chair that's immersive but it's still kind of prefiguring what we have now in the military except doesn't fry their person's neural network just their conscious no no just just you know they're just their their conscious yeah (laughs) (laughs) sorry uh which one's worse yeah it it was yeah it was interesting right because they were like oh he's okay like he's not okay but it's fine it's whatever it's for the greater good and and again it goes back to like they represent that they recognize the dignity of each person Mm no i mean not at all it's so complex too or they just desperate yeah yeah it's well yeah but if they were that desperate they got a whole bunch of people in cryo yeah whatever right, right. They it, just, that was that was well, i think it was well, yeah. part of the point is or whatever yeah 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 that that's like the the whole thing too is is at one point jackson you know they, why can't you just evacuate through the stargate and it's like oh no 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 we have thousands upon yeah. thousands of my father's generation so there's like this whole twisted thing too where it's like where we're you know we're honoring the ancestors or you know my father was the greatest uh you know hero leader that we've ever known and and these are his people and we cannot abandon them and stuff rather than, you know, evaluating the situation, you know, for yourselves. And, and so it, it's like this weird. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's yeah, it's, it's there's a lot of warning signs here. Personality. Yeah. 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 And it, it does something interesting with the fact that it's not the first generation who started this regime. So it's not like you have like the first generation Nazis. It's the kids of all those people. So they've grown up in this. Yep. So that makes you wonder about like, well, I mean, they're culpable for their immoral actions, but it's, it's more morally complex than it would be if it yep. was, here's, he's the originator mm-hmm. of this regime. It's like, he's grown up with it and he doesn't seem to be like an evil dude on the surface. Like he doesn't come across as evil, but when you see like what his right. actual beliefs are and it, it makes it much creepier. Yeah, I don't think he was. Yeah, you wonder if he doesn't see himself as evil. I mean, yeah. Well, it makes you wonder too if there were members of their group as they grew up started questioning, you know, yeah. started questioning all this and what happened to them. Yeah. You know, were they seen as expendable? Were they, you know, exiled from the bunker or whatever? Good point. Yeah. Oh, we learned that Tilk doesn't drink. Uh, like, Tilk doesn't mm-hmm. drink. Did we? I don't think we knew that before. Oh, yeah. No, I don't they think do so. The toast, yeah. yeah. No. They do the, the first toast. Yeah. And then and, and they try to give some to Teal'c and they're like, why aren't you drinking with us? What? Strange man. And he's like, I don't drink. <laughs> I do not consume alcohol. And I, I don't know if we knew that before, but presumably it messes with the symbiote. Right. And you don't want a drunk gold in your stomach. That, yeah. that might be a bad thing. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, you know, the symbiote can filter out the alcohol, but that might yeah. actually be worse. He like sent the hall. <laughs> yeah. But, because you won't get the effect the symbiote yeah. will. <laughs> I, I love imagine. you, Teal. Let me tell you something. I love being your immune system. It's great. 
it, it, it's, yeah. it's sticking yeah. out, like, you know, waving around. It's a little party uh, hat. And, yeah. It's like, a, hello, my baby. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. From, uh, yeah there you go. <laughs> yeah, um, he could have just done the thing that, like, you do if you're not drinking, where you just, like, put it up to your mouth. Don't actually take it. Just to, just to not stick out, but it does obviously prefigure the whole him being other LR, not uh, liking him. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. But and we also get another uh, toasting scene later on after they sign the deal. And I mentioned like, this is a good looking episode. If if you watch nothing about else about this episode, it's, I don't know if it's about 28 minutes in, there's this shot where they, they start on the chandelier and the bunker. So it's this very opulent thing and they pan down and it's mm-hmm. like, you know, Renee Aubergenois, like standing there in a heroic pose and his two servants on either side, filling the glasses of Jack O'Neill and Farrell. And it's just like mm-hmm. that is an exquisite shot. Um, if you, So if you see nothing else, just just watch that shot because it is it is masterful. Well, and then the table's covered with with uh, pieces of yeah. MREs. Yeah. Yeah. That was the funniest part where they've got these piles of MREs and they've actually put them like on silver platters, you know. <laughs> this is much better than what they've been eating, which is uh, the cultured yeast or whatever, which sounds like the hydroponically grown. That sounds yeah. delicious. No, it reminded me of the Matrix. Remember? Mm-hmm. And they said it yeah. tastes like tasty wheat. And they said, but how do you know what tasty wheat tastes like? You know, it reminded me of that. That thought. Oh, of yeah, the amino drippy. acid soup well, or whatever. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, and people are. People are talking about doing something like that where, you know, using stuff like yeast and stuff like that to make, you know, fake meat and things like that. So, no, it doesn't sound interesting to me either. <laughs> the Texan and the Montana are both going, no. no. We, we like our cow. We like those. our cow flesh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Stewardship. Yeah. Um, I like how that kind of, and this, I'm not sure if this is intentional, but it, it is a subtle parallel to the whole, the end of the third Reich where it was everyone just stuck in this bunker. Under oh, totally. Constantly bombarded. So mm-hmm. I did like, Oh yeah. Like that. Yeah. And, um, before we get that, the, the signing of the deal, uh, Jack repels a couple more bombers and the, uh, the drone he's flying actually flies through a bomber and we get to see that they aren't drones that are attacking him. They're actually like populated by people. Um, yep. and this is where I thought, you know, it would be effective to have the other pilot be somebody who wasn't like, you know, a Caucasian, um, but it was just a, a white guy wearing what appeared to be like a Star Wars rebel fighter. Like, like he's wearing <laughs> the same uniform. And so I don't know if that was an in joke or not, but, you know, another one of those warning signs, you know, they could have called this episode like like red flags or are we the baddies? But um, yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> And, and to note the Germans, what they called this episode is, uh, the episode's called in English, The Other Side, right? Mm-hmm. And Germans called it The Other Side of the Coin. Oh, okay. Yep. Hmm. Like, oh, I was really hoping like for Like, ALR had there. some good ideas. Yeah. Well, they, they definitely they definitely won't use the N-word there, that's for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. No. Nazi. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> not, not that one. The other, other N-word. The N-word that's not allowed in Germany. Uh, to- totally, a totally unallegorical science fiction story. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um but even that, like Jack is kind of shocked, which makes sense because he was not expecting to actually be killing people. But even then you could still understand it from their perspective if they've been fighting this war for so long and it's like those are the enemy combatants, like it's it's what happened. So I like how everything mm-hmm. in here, it's like once all the pieces come together and you also 
discover the true story of the fact that it was not they were not just attacked out of nowhere. They've been building this base mm-hmm. so they could gas the entire planet mm-hmm. and then yep. go live underground and exterminate everyone that you get you get like the full picture. And that happened yeah. so quickly. Yeah. I mean if you really mm-hmm. think about time wise in the episode. So when mm-hmm. Daniel asked him how did the war start, he gave such a really beautiful political non answer. Yeah. Because he distracted you with the emotion of I was a child and they struck, you know, yep. in the middle of the night and it was scary. You know, he gave this beautiful answer that was not an answer. And it makes Daniel look like the jerk. Yeah. Jerk. yeah I was trying to think of a <laughs> well, nice word to say. <laughs> well, and then, well, then yeah. Daniel says, but you must have been building this bunker for years before the war started. Oh, we saw it. Coming. Yeah. Right. You know, again, a non-answer. Well, because yeah. they saw it coming because they wanted to start yeah. it. And very much a like a thing you'd hear a real politician say about like mm-hmm. wanting to do something like this. Like it's always we we know we had to do it before they did. Yeah. But th- but then right. they twist yep. the knife right. and, and they say, remember, they're your enemy now, too. Yeah. The, oh, the yeah. twist of the knife there. <laughs> that was good. But uh, and we do get that kind of that symmetry where the first dinner, it's, uh, you know, that, that argument between Jack and Daniel is just so good. It's like, you know, the next time I tell you to shut up, oh, you never told me to shut up. You know, too subtle for you. <laughs> yeah. Was it was it too subtle like, for, for you? For once, yeah. yeah, it was. And then and then Daniel says, you know, it's it's it seems like, you know, their world's on fire. We're offering them gasoline. And Teal goes, We're offering them water. And he's like, Oh, speaking metaphorically, and Jack yeah. goes, Well, stop it. It's not fair to Teal. No, it's so it's like <laughs> Yeah, so we get one. we get some humor in this episode too. Um, you know, as dark as the themes are, we still get the Stargate humor in it in, in it as well. Um, but it's finally like once the deal is sealed or, or, or uh, Alara thinks so that he com- he confronts, uh, you know, Jack in the hallway and says, like, hey, maybe you, sh- you should send Teal back because, you know, he's he's not one of us. You know, that's her whole thing. And still he could be referring to the fact that, you know, he's an alien, but um, and not a human, but. Then Jack goes and pulls up all the records of the people in stasis and says, oh, my my goodness, they're all Nazis. And um, and then he asked, uh, you know, he tells Daniel to start asking questions, ask a lot of questions, which I thought was a really good, yeah. like, turning moment. It's I don't know how believable it was mm-hmm. that Jack would suddenly pivot based on that one conversation with Alar. But if it's kind of been yeah. building that he's been murdering pilots and stuff, maybe. Yeah. And I think well, it's they, one of those. You know, they, they, I liked actually like from the very beginning where, you know, as soon as they made the video contact between the two of them, you know, Alara says, oh, you're, you're, you're kindred. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. You're kid, you know, you look like us in other words, you know, you're like us. Right. What if yeah, you don't get the meaning screen? of that until yeah. later. Yep. Mm-hmm. Your, yeah. your gate operator is wearing Major Davis's uniform for some reason, even though his name will never notice it. Like, like Walter Harriman's ah. uniform in this one. <laughs> Although he didn't have that name yet, it says yeah. Davis on it. So my head cannon, like my head cannon for that oh, is very clearly God. says Davis. So my head cannon for that, he's just wearing. I, wa- I wonder if they forgot to, they forgot to put the name tag on, on his uniform. And so I don't, oh, just grab that I one. don't it's think that right he's there, been you know, named the- Harriman yet. And I just, head cannon is just even more Major Davis's uniform that day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's a, that's a whole thing. Yeah. Sergeant Stripes, yeah. though. Yeah. I'm a Harriman Davis shipper. Get in, um, yeah, the new the one new, uh, yeah. series. We need a whole episode explaining that plot hole. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> so the big, I feel like one of the biggest moral quandaries in this episode, aside from just dealing with space Nazis in general, is 
the way it ends once they've discovered this and the base is under attack Mm -hmm. by the enemy who we find out they refer to them as breeders because they don't adhere to any sort of genetic purity and they just, I guess they, they, you know, take over the planet and they want to destroy them. Um, so what Jack does is he and Teal, uh, use the fighters to, uh, ward off the attack drones of the Eudorans and then, uh, he yep. like does a kamikaze attack and smashes right into the base to destroy it, which ends up mm-hmm. destroying the entire yep. base. And then they escape, and Jack closes the iris on LR before he can get through, so he is killed. And you end with like that. He doesn't kind tell of, him. Yeah, that kind he of yeah. Not to come. Yeah. Yep. Well, he's standing there right in front of the gate, and he's already got that look on his face, and he goes, "Close the iris." I mean, just yeah. very calm. He doesn't yeah. shout it. Just. Close the iris, mm-hmm. and they do it, and then you hear the ping. You yeah. see on the computer, it shows the computer yeah. screen. It doesn't even show the iris. Yeah. It shows on the computer screen. You just see the little ping. Yeah, yeah. And, and that was it. Carter looks at him like, "What yeah. did? What, yeah, you know, she knows. What like, just, what did you do?" And uh, yeah. and I mean, Jack did warn him, "Don't follow us and stuff." But what's the guy going to do? You know, a fifty-fifty mm-hmm. chance they left the iris open, right? And because they want your technology. Yep. Right. But I think Jack well, just did that to cover up, like leave no other witnesses other than SG one of, you know, his mistake. <laughs> if you let him through the guy, be like, no, this guy's my friend. Like he really wanted like an alliance and stuff. I, yeah, sure. I'm a Nazi, but <laughs> yeah. So what do you, yeah. what do y'all think about that? His decision to not only destroy the base, because obviously this side appears to be on the wrong side of this war, but at the same time, you're killing everybody in that, base by doing that like the the best thing in my opinion would be just to leave yeah no you know it's funny 20 something years ago i didn't think much about this episode in that way at the end Mm -hmm. because you were like yeah they're the bad guys you know now being 20 something years older i guess i feel a little differently and i i saw it a little differently this time that i I wish they had kind of just been like you know, Not like, me. Peace out. Y'all fight your own yeah. war. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, we can't take it. We, we're just, we can't take they, a stand here. Like, we're not on your side. We're just they did. So for him to basically, yeah. you know. Yeah. They destroyed a planet. They they po- they pumped poison into yeah. an atmosphere to make a planet inhospitable okay. so that they could exterminate <laughs> people who didn't meet their standards of genetic purity. And that's basically anybody who's like, they call them breeders. Right. And that's us. I mean, you know, and, and so, yeah. And yeah. so, yeah. Wipe. And she was kind of giddy when she yeah. said it. I'm oh, sorry. those breeders. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they put people in handsmaid dresses. No, I, I'm kind of with, I'm with. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I know I'm, I'm with Victor. It's like they saw Jack saw they had an opportunity because they knew the shield was almost gone. Yeah. The, the force shield was almost gone. And so he saw the opportunity he could just end this war with yeah. one drone, basically, you know, and and then, you know, get the Hades out of there before, then, you know, everything goes boom. And so I, I I think that actually, you know, if nothing else, we want to take from a moral sense. It's a pretty darn quick way to end the war for the sake of everybody else on the other side. And of they'll the war. stop poisoning the atmosphere is, this- with the bunker gone. There's no more toxins yeah. being released into the atmosphere. The planet heals. Mm-hmm. People can survive. They can come back out onto the surface and farm and, and play in the parks and stuff again. I think that 
they were already clearly about to lose the war anyways, so this deprived the other side of actually being able to try them for their crimes and handle it in the way that they might want to handle it. And I feel like it, it wasn't our war to fight, so we kind of should have just... I'm with you, Lisa. They, it was our uh, war to fight. Know, the, yeah, the, once, the, once we gave them de- the deuterium, yeah. or once SG-1 gave them the deuterium, it was SG-1's problem to clean up. Like, the pilots who didn't who yep. died hitting their four screens, that was on SG-1. And they kind of, you know, they made the wrong call. They needed to clean up their mess. Now, what they should have done is pragmatic. It was very satisfying from a dramatic perspective to have Odo splatted against the the screen and stuff. But obviously, they would have wanted him, like, captured. He'll never see the light of day again. He hasn't committed any crimes on Earth, but they can't let him, like, walk around and stuff. And just, like, Mm -hmm. keep him as their guest, you know, in SG-1 and, like, get everything they can out of him and then maybe send him back someday. But, you know. Yeah. Well, one thing too is the uh, when you in in you know in the U.S. military and many other militaries throughout the, the world, you know, we talk about combatants and non-combatants. That comes from the Geneva Convention. You know, right. non-combatants are civilians. They're people like uh, chaplains are non considered non-combatants, even if they're military chaplains and so on. They cannot fight, and they also must not be targeted. Right. People in that bunker. There was not a single non-combatant in that bunker. Every single person was there to fight. That's their whole purpose in life was to win that war. And so this wasn't like you're, you know, there were some innocent kids that got killed. It's like, no, there were every single person was to be no different than a fighter jet crashing into a aircraft carrier, you know, like kamikaze style. Right. You know, that those were combatants on that aircraft carrier. Now, whether or not, you know, that's should be done. But of course, in this case, you just got an unmanned aircraft that hit you know, a drone that hit. So these were, these were combatants that were taken out of the war. So that, I mean, that, that, that changes the moral perspective just a little bit, you know, cause you know, you know, they didn't have to go, they didn't get to stand trial, but they also couldn't continue the war because they weren't going to surrender. They, they made yeah. it clear they weren't going to surrender. I guess and it's I, just, the, I agree uh, in that they were about to lose because they run out of the heavy water and their, their shields weren't going to hold. And, you know, it was about to happen. I, I guess my only, I love Jack and I just, I know, like, dude, one more. Like, well, I, I, I seriously, I think it was personal. I just worry for him. Okay, I, I think it was yeah, personal yeah. at that point. Like, you know, he had been led down this this path, right? And I think he was very, you know, angry at himself and kind of lashing out at the uh, Euron. No, I mean, it, it it was his mess to clean up. Yeah, I, I can see that. Well, yeah. I also I think that, that. Yeah. I can I can see the argument for crashing and crashing the drones into the base that's probably not the choice i would make i think i'm a bit too too much of a pacifist for that but uh i do think that him allowing uh odo to splat against the iris was clearly wrong because they there was no he was Mm -hmm. not reasonably going to cause a problem at that point they could have arrested him with no issues so i don't think that that was justified at all and that brings up an interesting one too because if you let him through well first of all he didn't tell him to fall but he didn't tell him to not really follow. So that one's. Said, eh. I thought he said something like he you said better I, stay I wouldn't follow. Or I wouldn't like follow if I were you. Right. There you go. So he told yeah. him not to follow. <laughs> but he yeah. clearly knew it, when it he just, said close the iris. Yep. I I guess. Yeah, it was just such an interesting because you know we talk about Stargate so many of the times. It's like 
everything wrapped up with a little nice little bow at yeah. the end, right? And then yeah. the next episode, there's, yeah. one, there's no therapy, there's no nothing. And this one, it, it again, it gives you something to really contemplate and to delve well, and, into, which is not like them. And I, I, I enjoyed it. I don't want it every yeah. week, but I really And I think it was a <laughs> but I, but and I it was a conscious it. choice, I think, to have, you know, basically space Hitler hit the iris and just have it be like this little piffed sound at the end. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like saying yeah. this is what we think of Nazis, right? You know, they're they're insignificant. They just evaporate like like smoke, yeah. you know, they're 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 a mosquito, a mosquito, right. hitting a, windshield. A, a, a light. You know, yeah. Yeah, or not even. I was thinking of the uh, the electric. Oh yeah, yeah. Little... mosquito hitting <laughs> yeah. a bug zapper makes yeah. more noise than this guy did. You know, um, yeah. you know. One thing I was thinking though too, just in, you know, talking about the difference of you know, like capturing Alar and using him for the technology that he knows. I think that's still a little bit different than like Werner von Braun, who his he was the missile guy. That is mm-hmm. all he did. He was not the head of the German SS. He was not the head of of you know the Nazi party. He was just a German guy who did missile stuff. And there was some question about, you know, the workers he had in his base or whatever, but that's very different than it'd be like if one of the technicians from that base had followed Jack through and they captured mm-hmm. him and got the tech off of him. You know, that, that, that'd be a little different, a little cl- closer comparison. Again, this would be like, you know, Himmler or Hitler coming through the, the star, you know, coming out and, you know, being we arrested and, ta- you know, right. gave him asylum, you know, yeah. Speaking of the people in the base, in cabinet, yeah, Doctor like, uh, Who. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, we get a guest appearance, or not really a guest appearance, but a uh, um, Mike Dapud or Dapud uh, who plays Varro on Stargate Universe, the head of the Lucian Alliance. He's one of the guards. He has mm. he plays nine different characters across the Stargate franchise, and doesn't get a line of dialogue in this one. But at the very end, he's one of the people holding Jack uh, hostage. So. Very recognizable uh, Stargate actor uh, right at the end. Yep. That's funny. Nice. But I how residuals works for that. Like, do you get individual check for each character you play or you just get one big one rolled together? I, I wonder if I wonder if kind of those, you know, behind the scenes characters, they just kind of get a uh, here's how much you get per episode and have a good day. Yeah. yeah Especially yeah. if they don't speak. I, th- I think the, the yeah, kind of the, re- the reward for being a non-speaking like actor on stargate is that eventually in like the third series they give you a bigger part right and stuff and so like they gave <laughs> yeah. him a pretty big part in stargate universe and stuff but but um he, he's been in, in tons of stuff too very recognizable very good actor awesome well did uh y'all have any other thoughts on this ep- episode this was a definitely uh, a meaty one <laughs> good discussions <laughs> yeah yeah lot, lots to talk about on this one Awesome. Uh, before we go, we would like to uh, find my document. Um, <laughs> before we go, we'd like to <laughs> we'd like to take a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the secrets of Stargate, including Zapora T, Tim S, Christopher H, Lynn L, and Kevin B. Their generous donations at sqpn.com/give make it possible for us to continue the secrets of Stargate and all the shows at StarQuest. You can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. To find previous episodes of Secrets of Stargate and to send feedback, and we definitely want to hear uh, feedback on this episode. This definitely is one that mm-hmm. gives you a lot to chew on, mm-hmm. so uh, please uh, give us your thoughts. Did you like this episode? Did you hate this episode? What did you think of uh, the final decisions that Jack makes in the end here? 
You can email us at stargate at sqpn.com or follow StarQuest on social media at facebook.com slash starquestmedia or on Twitter at sqpn. And definitely come on over and join us on our Discord at sqpn.com slash discord. And we'll be back next time when we'll be discussing the next episode of SG-1, Upgrades. Until then, Father Corey, thank you for joining me and sharing the secrets of Stargate. Thank you, Jack. And Lisa Jones, thank you as well. Thank you, Jack. And Victor Lambs, thank you too. Thanks, Jack. And you'll win the People's Medals for this. (laughs) (laughs) And once again, I'm Jack Barzini. Thank you for listening to The Secret to Stargate on StarQuest. Anyway, I'm sorry, but that just happens to be how I feel about it. Yeah.